Sunday, if you weren't here, we talked about climbers, campers, and quitters, that you're one of those three type of people. And uh, if you're a quitter, we know that now you're beginning to climb. And if you're a camper, we know that you've kind of packed up your camping gear and you're beginning to climb. And we all want to be climbers. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a climber. Come on, speak those things that be not as though they were and just tell them, say, you're a climber. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, you're a climber. So we talked about climbers, and I know we're, we're amongst a bunch of climbers tonight. So as we continue to be transformed, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we not to be conformed to the things of this world, but be to transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can establish what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and purpose good and pleasing and perfect will of the Lord. And I want us to know that, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something happens on the inside of you. But how many of you know that that all of a sudden you don't lose that 10 extra pounds that you've been trying to get rid of for a year? All of a sudden you don't have another little extra hair that all of a sudden took place. You all of a sudden don't look a little bit younger than you did before. So there's a transformation that might take place on the outside of us. But something on the inside of us has happened. It's changed. And as you go through and and we're going to we're going to take this series and we're talking about climbing the mountain of transformation. Now we know that those things that get in your way, the Bible says to speak to those things. He said to speak to that mountain and tell that mountain to be removed, to cast itself into the sea. But how many of you realize that as we go through this life, there are some things as you continue to climb up, things will begin to fall off. Amen. As you begin to move forward, then those things are the old man. The Bible says that the that the the new has come and the old has gone away and the new has come and that we are a new creature. And if you look that up in the Greek, it means a new species, a new, a new being. So we're a new person that, that old man wants to come back all the time, but we're not allowing him to do that. And as we climb to a mountain, we've got to get to a higher place. And we've looked at time and time again where Jesus in chapter 5 of Matthew, when he gave the Beatitudes, he said, you know what, you've got to come up a little bit higher. There are some things that God wants to speak to us and he wants to speak to you. But how many of you know he's not going to speak to you when you're down low? He wants you to come up a little bit higher. He wants you to get a little bit higher. He wants you to climb a little bit higher. We've talked a little bit about it in the physical and the natural realm, how when he was spoke to the different multitudes, and there were times again with the disciples that he said, come on up here. Come on up here. And they had to go through something. They had, to, they had to move to a higher place. And when we move to a higher place, spiritually, when we move to a higher place, we're going to hear God clearer. So are you going to be one of those people that continues to look at the mountain and say, I wonder what it's like up there? I wonder what it'd be like to climb a little bit higher. I wonder what it's like. Or are you going to be one of those people that says, you know what, I'm going there? I'm going to begin to start shedding off some things, and I'm going to begin to start streamlining some things, and I'm going to start climbing my mountain of transformation. Somebody say transformation. Anyway, we've got to be transformed. We've got to be transformed. The Bible says that we'd be transformed in the image and the likeness of God. And as we're walking through this thing, as we're, as we're climbing, this transformation is beginning to take place. Did I tell you Matthew chapter 28? Did I tell you what verse? I know, 16, Matthew 28, 16. This is the Great Commission. And, and Jesus says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus has de- had designated. The King James Version says, To the mountain of which he is appointed. How many of you know you got an appointed mountain from God? 
God is going to designate you a mountain and say, come up here to this mountain. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to teach you some things. I'm going to show you some things. And this is what he was doing with the disciples. The disciples went to the mountain that Jesus had designated for them to go. He said, we're going there. That's where we're going to go. And, you know, God has a mountain designated for you. I mean, somewhere, someplace, when you and he can get together and he can begin to speak to you in ways that you'll begin to hear him, you'll hear him more clearer. And you know what? If you're willing to go through some stuff, there's some stuff that you got to go through when you climb. There's some stuff that you got to go through. You got to get out of the normalcy. You got to get out of the areas in which you have to shake off some of those things in order to meet with God. And that's what it's about. It's about meeting with God. It's about getting to a place where we can begin to climb to a place where I can meet God. I can hear God. I can, I can see God a little more clear. You know, you just can't slip into it between the halftime report. Come on, somebody. You just can't slip into it in the middle of doing laundry. You just can't slip into it in the middle of running errands throughout the day. You just can't slip into it when you're running to the grocery store and then the post office, and maybe between the grocery store and the post office, maybe God will speak to you. I believe that we're going to have to set aside time of God, and we're going to have to climb up a little bit higher. We're going to have to take time out of our schedule of doing the normal everyday things and get a little bit higher with the things of God. You're not just going to be able to slip into it between the news and the sports program, amen? You're not going to be able to slip into those things. I want us to be able to make time for God. I want us to be able to see how to make time for God. You're going to have to go to the mountain that God has designated for you to go. And I want each and every one of us to experience a deeper relationship with God, even beginning tonight. When you get to that mountain that you that God has, has appointed for you, you're going to see things differently. You're going to see things that you would never have seen before. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. I don't want to get to the point where we're just paying rent and we're just getting by month by month. We're just waiting for just this month to come and the paycheck's going to be on Friday. And if I could just get to Friday, then I can see about one more week. God wants to see farther. He wants us to see farther down the road. He doesn't want us to live paycheck to paycheck. Amen. He doesn't want us to live just month to month. Amen. He's going to provide for our needs. He's going to take care of those things. I want us to have a vision bigger than that. I want to have a vision bigger than just getting by this week. Some of you might have come in here today, tonight and said, Lord, if I just get my rent paid, I'll be all right. If I just have enough gas to, to get to church, I'll be all right. If I just have enough fuel to, to get to work this next week, I'll be all right. Then I want to challenge you that you're going to have to find a place in the spiritual realm to get to the mountain of God that he has designed for you. Let's look at verse 17. As the verse 17 says, when, he, when, when they saw him, they worshipped him. And some were doubtful, and Jesus came up, and he spoke to them. And this is what he said. He gave this, this great commission. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that he had commanded them to do. And, lo, I will be with you always, even until the very end of the age. How many of you know this is marching orders for the church? And it took place on a mountain. 
Jesus said to the disciples, you got to come up higher because I'm fixing to speak something into the church. And as I speak it into the church, it's not going to be for those in the lower level. You're going to have to come up into a higher level of life. Amen. How many of you know God is not going to give you certain things on the couch? There's certain things you're just not going to get in between a program. There's certain things you're not going to get in between some Fritos and some Pepsi. Amen. There's certain things that you're going to have to seek God on. And you're going to have to get off the couch or you're going to have to turn off the TV and you're going to have to say, God, I want to be able to find you. There's certain things that God's not going to give you when the only muscle that you are exercising is your finger or your thumb on the remote. Now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good now. You know, when that's the only thing that you can move, you know, then maybe God isn't, knows that you're not really that concerned about hearing from him. But there's a designed place that we've got to go. You're going to have to climb. Somebody say climb. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to have to climb. Go ahead and say, we're going to have to climb. Tell the other neighbor, you're going to have to climb. We're going to have to get to a higher place. You're going to have to begin to move up. You're going to have to press in. You're going to have to seek. You're going to have to reach. Oh, come on. It's going to be difficult at times, but it's going to be very rewarding. There are some things that you're going to have to do that it's going to have to take a step. Come on. Somebody's just going to have to take one more step. You're going to pray one more prayer. You're going to seek God one more time, and things are going to begin to happen. How do people that build a business, how do they build a business? It just doesn't fall into their lap. They have to shake some things off. They have to set aside some time. They need to study. They read. They meditate on it. They think about it during the day. They might wake up in the middle of the night and God be downloading a dream and they'll write it out, but they'll have to seek God. How is it that we're going to have a great relationship with our spouse? If we're going to have to seek God, we're going to have to get off the couch. We're going to have to put the remote down. Come on, somebody. We're going to have to get to the point where we begin to start seeking and we start climbing to our designated mountain. The question is that I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to set aside some time? Are you willing to get out the word? Are you willing to get a breakthrough? Oh, come on. Are you willing to seek God in a way that you've never sought him before? Are you willing to get insight that'll make a difference in your company? Get insight that'll make a difference in your family. Get insight that'll make a difference when you raise your children and how you raise your children and the issues that they're dealing with and the pressures that the kids have got today. How are we learning how to parent? How are we learning how to be a husband? How are we learning how to be a, a, a wife? How are we learning how to be all these things? We're going to have to climb to the mountain of God. We're going to have to set aside some time well, you know what? I don't know if I got enough time today. I'm telling you, we all got the same amount of time. You got 24 hours a day. You got the same amount of time I got. It's just what you do with it versus what I do with it. Come on. So we begin to look at this thing, and you have to realize that we're going to have to seek some things. But I believe that when truth will begin to start coming, when you'll begin to start seeing things in a new way, all of a sudden you'll have that marriage that God wants you to have. All of a sudden, you'll have that relationship with your friends and your family that God wants you to have. All of a sudden, things will begin to change and things will begin to turn. And it's not going to always be easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how wonderful it is, how easy it's going to be, because it's not. It's difficult at times. In fact, I know at times when I've been climbing the mountain myself, I felt alone. I was lonely. I thought nobody else is on the mountain but me. I'm just continue to climb, and I look around, and nobody else is there. You may have come by some quitters. You may have passed by some campers. You sat down, and you roasted marshmallows with them, and you made s'mores. 
And then you walked through. You said, you know what? Tomorrow morning is another day, and you wake up early, and you smell the coffee, and it's beckoning your call, and you got to say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to have some coffee today because I got to get to this point today. I got to move on today. I got to start packing up and moving forward today. You're going to save that coffee for another day because you're a climber. Turn to your name and say, you're a climber. You're a climber. You're a climber. I'm telling you, God is bringing forth climbers in this hour. Things are beginning to happen. People are beginning to move up. You know, the truth is that when your marriage begins to be healed and your relationships get to be healed, I mean, God is just stirring up some stuff on the inside of us. He's just saying, you know what? There's more there. And as we begin to start seeking him, he's going to begin to release more. Church, we have got to be a church that begins to start seeking after the supernatural things of God. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. And I don't want just the sign to be the sign in the parking lot. I want it to be a sign. I want it to be a wonder. I want to see miracles begin to take place in your lives. Many of us have different areas and different areas that we've been challenged with, but we are going to be able to walk through them. You're going to get revelation, and I believe God's going to give you supernatural ways in order to overcome that. I believe as we get delivered, as we get freed up from the bondage and 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 the snares of the enemy, you're going to be able to walk in a freer way that you've never walked before. But how many of you know, if you're down there in the low life, and the low level, God says, you know what, I want to bring you up into a higher level, and I want to speak some truth to you. See, the thing of it is, when you get to a higher place with God, he's going to tell you some things, listen, that aren't always going to feel good. He's, you're going to be face-to-face with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You're going to be face-to-face and say, God, am I treating my wife the way I should be? You're going to say, God, am I treating my family the way I should be? God, am I doing the right things according to your word that's going to help my kids? And you know what? You're going to have to have ears to hear what the Lord says when he says, you better make some adjustments in this area. You better start treating her better. You better start honoring her. You better start giving yourself up for her because that's what it says in Ephesians. It says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and give yourself up for her. But you know what the world will say? You know, you're whooped. She's running, the fa- she's running the show. I got news for you. She's not running the show. He's running the show. Amen? And when I give myself up for her, she gives more back to me. It's just the way it is. When I'm able to give myself up for her, when I'm able to say, you know what, I'm going to set this down for you, and she'll respect and she'll honor me. And the Bible tells her to respect her husband. And she'll respect and honor me, and the relationship will get even closer. Oh, I hope you're hearing me here tonight. I hope you're hearing me here tonight. Because we got to get to another level. There's got to be some things in our life that have got to drop off. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you, and you are a king and a priest, then you're going to have to start walking, and you're going to have to start acting like it. If we're joint heirs with Jesus, then those things that I dealt with 10 years ago, I'm not dealing with them now. Amen? Those things I'm beginning to step out of and breaking off, I'm not going back to Lodabar. I'm not going back down to that area. I'm going to stay in the high places, and I'm going to continue to move up. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm getting myself stirred up tonight. Amen? You better turn to your neighbor and say, get stirred up. You know, I know this. I know God wants, I know I want a church that is willing to do what it takes to climb, that is willing to say, I'm going to do what it takes to climb. Because when we get there, when we begin to move forward, 
when we begin to start seeing some results of climbing, then you're going to see some things begin to break in your life. Let me give these to you. I'm going to, I want you to write this down. I handed that sheet to you because I'm going to give you five things tonight that it takes to be a climber. You're a climber. These are the things that it's going to take for you in order to get to the next level. How many of you want to get to the next level? Say amen. We want to get to that next level. We got to get to that next level. Let's take a look at them. The first thing that I want us to look for, and, and, I, and I handed that out to you, and right there's a little place on there you can write it in. Number one is desire. Say desire. You've got to have desire. You've got to have the desire. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You've got to have desire. How many of you want the desires of your heart to be fulfilled? It's got to line up with the Word of God. If you've got a desire in your heart that's not a godly desire, I'm telling you, I don't want God to fulfill that. Amen? He's not going to fulfill that for you. The enemy may try to. So I want us to look at, look at Mark eleven 24. I'll have her put it up for you. Therefore, I say to you, all things which you pray and ask for, that you believe that you have received them, and it will be granted to you. All things that you pray, all those things that you have a desire for, that you pray and you ask, and God will give them to you. It's got to line up with his word. It's got, to, it's got to be a desire. So climbers have a desire. They have a desire to move higher. They have a desire to get off, off of the lower step and begin to start working forward and getting to a higher place and higher ground. They've got to have the desire. I want us to be able to, I did these five Ds tonight, but I know it doesn't always work in Spanish. Amen. I know, so, you know, but this is just an English five Ds, amen? But, you know, in Spanish, the, the words are different, so I apologize for that. But you have to have a desire to go to the next level. If you're a climber, and you're a climber, climbers, you've got to have a desire to get to the next level. The Bible tells us that we move from faith to, faith to, faith to, faith to, so we go from one level of faith to the next level of faith to the next level of faith to the next level of faith. I mean, you know, you got to go to the, to the, to the first grade. you got to pass it to get to the second grade. And you got to pass the second to get to the third and third to get to the fourth. So we've got to have a desire. So climbers tonight, we have a desire. The second thing that I want us to realize that we have to have that it takes for you to climb your mountain of transformation is drive. Say drive. You're going to have to drive. You're going to have to have that drive. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, Paul is talking here. He says, one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal. There is a drive that Paul is talking about here as he presses towards the goal. He presses for the prize of the upward call of God. Now, you notice it didn't say downward. It said upward call. He says, I'm pressing up. I'm pressing up. I'm pressing up. I'm moving up. Uh, you know, there was, when I was a kid, we used to watch that show, uh, Wheezy and Jeffersons. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they say, moving on up to the east side. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. That's what, that, that's what it was. And I used to sing that thing. I, you know, I didn't even know what a deluxe apartment was. I didn't even know what the east side was. But all I know is that every time that show came on, somebody was moving up. Amen? And I'm telling you, every time you open the Bible, you need to be moving up because you're a climber. You're going to get something here tonight that's going to change your life? 
You're going to get something here tonight that's going to give you revelation. You're going to get something here tonight that you're going to say, hey, I can make a change in my life and I can cut myself off from this, the past. Paul says, let go of those things that are behind and start moving forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, move forward. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, move forward. We're going to be moving forward with these things of God. We're going to be moving forward. We're going to be climbing up. It's not easy. We talked about businessmen. How do they do that? They have drive. How about kids? Women, when you have a child, you got to have some drive. Husbands got to drive them to the hospital. We got drive. You got to have drive. It's not always fun raising children. It's not fun. I mean, they don't come out with instructions. You know, where's the tag on this thing? Where's the instruction manual? Where's it at? Which end do I do what with? Come on, some of you new mothers know what I'm talking about. So one of the things as a climber is that you have to realize that you have to have is desire. The second thing is drive. Now, I've given you some other scriptures. We're not going to cover them tonight, but I want you to take them home, and I want you to look at them. Number three, this is a really difficult word to say in the church, discipline. Say discipline. It's a discipline. We, 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 you're, going to have, you're going to have a climber. You're going to have discipline. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says this. Paul said, I discipline my body, and I make it a slave, so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified. Now, he's talking about, hey, I, I got I to keep in line. What are you saying here? Paraphrase this for you. He says, you know what? I've got to even keep myself in line so that I don't disqualify myself, so that I don't make a mistake so that I have got to be held up to the standards of God. So when we hold others up to the standards of God, they can't say you're a hypocrite. Come on, don't shout me down now. I want us to think about this. It's got to be discipline. We've got to have discipline. A disciple comes from the word discipline. A disciple means a disciplined one. You know, and we've got to be able to understand that and realize that. I began to start thinking about it. I said, God, you know, give me some natural examples of discipline. And I began to start thinking about an Olympic athlete, an Olympic athlete. Oklahoma has produced a lot of gold uh, medal champions in gymnastics. And I began to start thinking about that, and I thought, what's it like for them at 4 in the morning when the alarm goes off and they know they've got to go and practice? And they'll practice through six, and they'll practice to seven, and then they might break for some fruit, and they've got to be disciplined in what they eat. Come on, somebody. Then they go back to the gym again. And how many times do they do, they do the vault and fall, and then hit it again and fall, and hit it again? And they got bumps and bruises all over their body, and their bodies are sore. And the next morning, the alarm clock goes off again, and it's 4 o'clock because they got to start all over again. And it goes on not for days, not for months, but for years. And they're disciplined over and 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 over. And they jump one more time. They twirl one more time. They do all these different things one more time. They fall. They get hurt. They wrap their legs. They wrap their wrists. They do all these different things. For what? To get on that gold medal stand. To stand up there in one moment for to be able to bow their head and have them put the gold medal around their neck and to hear the American anthem, the national anthem being played. I, I began to start thinking about the discipline that they went through. How many of you want to be a disciple of God? It's going to take some discipline. 
How many of us want to climb higher? It's going to take some discipline. You know what? I'm preaching to me. That snooze button, I believe, must be at a devil. I'm telling you, you said it too early, it is like nine minutes. How many of you know got a nine-minute one, you know? How do they come up with nine minutes? Now, who decided it was going to be nine minutes between the time you hit the button and it come off again? You know what I'm saying? Who's, who figured all that out? But, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? You hit that thing, and then you hit it again, and then you hit it again. And guess what? Your intentions of getting up and taking a shower and spending 15, 20 minutes with God just went by the wayside. And then all of a sudden, and I've told this to people, I said, look, if you don't spend some time, just recently, I said, you know what, when you get to your site at work, get there a little bit early, spend time in the truck, spend time thinking, meditating on God, reading a scripture, because when you get out of that cab, boom, the day is taken off. When you get to the place of work before you walk in there, it's different. Things change, and all of a sudden your mind shifts, and you're on the things of the business of the day. Which it, it takes discipline. Somebody say discipline. Do you have discipline to climb to the mountain to hear from God? It's going to take some discipline. But you know what? You're a climber. So not only do we have desire, not only do you have drive, not only do you have discipline, but number four is diligence. Say diligence. you got to be diligent. You gotta be you gotta be consistently consistent. <laughs> you know, you got you gotta continue to be able to do it over and over again. I found in the international version, Proverbs ten four says this. It says, Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligence bring a man wealth. Diligence, being consistent. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says this Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. When you go to work, you need to, the Bible tells us, whatever we do in word and deed, do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're going into work, you need to be working as if Jesus is your boss. And if he says, you know what, I need you to mop that corner, how would you react to Jesus? I said, tell you what, you get to mop yourself, what's the matter with you? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It'd be like that kid, you know, that, that kid that little mother said, Johnny, sit down. Johnny, I said, sit down. And he sat down. He said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. I'm standing up. That's rebellion. So what kind of attitude are we doing it with? Our attitude should be that of Jesus Christ, who was a servant. Are you with me? So we got to have to have and understand that we've got to have the diligence. Diligence takes one more step. Diligent means you pray one more time. To be diligent means you just got to have one more act of love. Diligent might mean that you're going to have to forgive one more time. Disciples came to Jesus and they said, how, 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 how many times should a man forgive in a day? Whew. It's like, you know what, if somebody comes back and asks for forgiveness, how many times should I forgive them, Lord? I mean, you know, it's already been five or six or ten or twelve times. He says 70 times seven. In a day. Diligent means we're willing to forgive one more time. We're willing to step one more time. We're willing to pray one more time. We're willing to extend an act of forgiveness one more time. That's the diligence that I'm talking about. Climbers are freely 
those that extend forgiveness freely. They will extend forgiveness. I'm sorry I hurt you, sister. That's okay. Put it under the blood of Jesus and keep climbing. Campers will take that thing and talk about it around the campsite. And they'll talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. They'll run that through the threshing floor. And they'll talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And every time I went camping with them, they always brought up the deal with Aunt Martha. Why were they ever going to forgive Aunt Martha? No, because they're campers. And it's time to be a climber. It's time to forgive Aunt Martha, put it under the blood of Jesus Christ, and move forward. Amen? So we have to realize that number four is diligence. In other words, you've got to stay at it. Stay at it. I told somebody one time, it's the, it's the bulldog mentality. Back in North Carolina, when I was in, a, in an area, and, and one of the mascots and for, one of the, for one of the schools was a bulldog. And they said, and the bulldog never fights until he gets backed into a corner. Your bulldog will get a hold of you, and they won't let go. We got to have that bulldog mentality. We got to have that Jacob mentality. It says, says, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. God, I'm going to continue to wrestle with you. It doesn't matter that my hip is out of joint. I'm going to still make a move. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm still moving forward. No matter what's taking place, I'm still climbing to the summit. I got my eye on the prize, and I'm climbing up. It doesn't matter what I feel like because you can't go on feelings. You're not saved by feelings. I feel like I'm saved. Uh, there's some times where I felt like I wasn't saved. Praise God for his word that I'm saved by God's grace through faith, lest any man should boast. It's not by how I feel. It's by what Jesus Christ did for me. Come on, y'all understand that? Let's give the Lord some praise, amen? Let's praise God for Jesus. Praise God for the blood, the cross, the death, burial, and the resurrection. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on your behalf. Hey, you know what? Jesus is praying for you. Intercession is not an easy job. Those of you intercessors in here that have that gift of intercession, you know it's, it's laboring. You know it, it's toiling. Let's, let's just take a look at this. Desire, drive, discipline, diligence, and number five. Y'all want number five? Nah, we'll give that to you Sunday. Yeah, we'll give it to you Sunday. It's time to go. You want number five? Determination. She slipped it in up there on me. Say determination. You, you got to be determined. They talk about that bulldog mentality. First Corinthians 2 2 says, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul says, I don't want to know nothing but him. I don't want to know nothing. I am so determined to know the power of Jesus Christ, the power of his resurrection, the power of the spoken word, these things that are in the word of God. We need to know those things. We've got to be so determined that that I'm not going to be distracted by the world. I'm not going to be distracted or compromised by what the world compromises on. I'm not going to compromise my integrity just because the IRS says I can. You can get by with it. They're not going to check you. Don't compromise your integrity. So that's where it starts. The Bible says you're faithful with a little. You'll make your ruler over much. Those things that are done in the dark will be shouted from the rooftops. Come on. So we're not going to compromise. 
Say, I'm not going to compromise. Paul says, I am determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He died for you. He died for you. His blood was shed for you. So you could have, the Bible says, life and have it more abundantly. How are we going to have that abundant life? You're not going to have the abundant life on the lower level. You're going to have to begin to start sacrificing some things and come up a little bit higher. You're going to have to come up. When Jesus says, come on up the mountain, let me speak some things to you. Let me speak some truth to you. In Matthew 28, we started out with that. He gave the marching orders of the church, the great commission, and he didn't do it down low. You read it. It says that they went up to a mountain. They went up higher. He didn't give those things. He didn't speak those things down low. He spoke them up top. He said, it's going to take something to come up with me. Look at me. Look at 1 Timothy. Let's just take a look at 1 Timothy. Is it okay if we just look at the word here a little bit? 1 Timothy, I want to look at chapter 6, verse 12. Did I put that up there for you? Okay, good. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. If you're going to, it's a fight. You're going to have to fight for your faith, brothers, sisters. You're going to have to fight for it. Because the enemy is going to try to move in and bring fear upon you. And fear and faith cannot sit in the same seat. He says, fight the good fight of faith. That's a warring term. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to take a hold of eternal life to which you were called. Grab it. That's mine. Devil, that don't belong to you. It belongs to me. That destiny, that plan, that purpose, it belongs to my family. That destiny, that plan, that purpose, it belongs to you. Each one of you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny for God. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, he's talking about you. I'm talking about you. I want you to think about this. What's it going to take to be a climber? What's it going to take to be a climber? What's it going to take? We looked at these five things. Let me just give them to you real quick. I want you to go home, and I want you to look at them. Desire. Say desire. Drive. Discipline. Diligence. Determination. One thing that I could throw in here, commitment. I know it doesn't start with a D. I'm sorry. Commitment. You got to be committed. You got to be committed to the things of God. And when you make a mistake, when you when you miss the mark, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short from the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. First John one nine says, if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and put you back in right relationship with God. It doesn't give you a license to sin. You don't get to sin just because you can say, oh, I'm sorry, and then go do it again. That's not repentance. That's being a bonehead. I was going to tell your neighbor that he was talking about you, but I better not. But that's something else. These are some characteristics that you're going to see in every climber. These are some things, and you are a climber. So I'm going to ask you, look what it's going to take I remember the things of the world. When I began to start moving forward to the things of God, there were things in the world that were pulling me. Drugs, 
alcohol, sex, anger, jealousy, bitterness, rage, envy, all these things would try to pull you back. And I thought, God, if I give up this, I mean, what am I going to trade it for? I was bartering with God as if I can barter with God. But I began to start thinking, you know what, if I do this and I step out of here, I mean, what am I going to give up, a hangover in the morning? My stomach being sore from where I've been hurling at night? Come on, y'all. Let's get down where you live. Everything that I gave up, God replaced it with something better, something more worthwhile. Something that was so much greater. And I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't realize it and understand. But as I began to climb my mountain of transformation, and I began to move to another level, when I began to get to the higher things in God, He would begin to speak to me. And I could let some things go. I could set some things aside. Is it worth it? Oh, yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. But what about the pain? What about the times where you were lonely? What about when you cried at times and nobody was there? There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. I have been lonely in a crowd. Crowd of people all around and you're still being lonely. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You could be in a place with a lot of people, but you can still be lonely. Because you're missing something. God wants to come in. He wants to fill that void. He wants to speak to you on some things that you need to do. To step out of. How to break things off your life. How to walk out of it and never walk back into it. How to close the door to your past. So you can move forward in your future. I know there's some of you here tonight that got some issues from your past. And I believe God is wanting to close a door. Let go of the former things. Reach for the things that are ahead. It's being cut off. I believe tonight it's going to be cut off. It's going to be cut off. Generationally, it can be cut off. Cut off of your line. Cut off of your tribe. Cut off of your family. Cut off of the things that are, that are taking place. Father, right now, I just pray right now a blessing of God upon this man. Lord God, that you'll shape, change, mold him, Lord God. That you'll give him a vision and a future for his life, Lord God. That he will not be like the other Native Americans that say, well, they only live to be 35 or 45 years old. That they're going to die young. And Lord God, that we break that off of him right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you call him into his plan, his purpose, and his destiny. Lord God, you put them both together right here. You put them both together. You brought them here for such a time as this, Lord God. God, I'm asking you to fill them with your spirit. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill them with dreams and visions. God, let them see how much you love them. How much you care for them. That they are fearfully and wonderfully made. That they are the apple of your eye. God, it's been your intent from the very beginning. God, I thank you that you just cut the things off generationally that have been keeping this couple back in Jesus' name. 
If there's anybody else that's got some generational thing, I, I just I just want you to stand up. Everybody just stand up. Will you just please stand up? You know what's holding you back. We're going to break that stuff off of here tonight. Is it, we going to do that? Look, you've been carrying some weight. I mean, you got, you got a 90-pound pack, and God's saying, you know what? If you're going to climb, it's going to have to be a 40-pounder. And it's been holding you back. It's been keeping you from going to that next level. If that's you tonight, I just want you to raise your hand. Come on. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Lord, look at the hands in this place. My hand is up too because I need some things cut off of me. Say this in the name of Jesus. I repent. I ask you, Lord, to take things in my past. Close the door. I ask you, Lord, to give me a vision of my future. I will continue to move forward. I'm a climber, I'm not a camper, and I'm not going to quit. I've gone too far to turn back now. Lord Jesus, take this from me, and I give it to you, and I'm walking forward from this day forward in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in this house. We just cut off every assignment of the enemy. We cut it off in the name of Jesus. Every lay lay line, every silver cord, every fetter, every chain, anything that's held you back from bondage from your past, we close the door to it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to, I want you to next, you know, there's some things stirring. There are some things stirring.